We are live. Brother D Dang is not dead. I can confirm. (laughs) Confirmed sighted. It's a confirmed sighting right here. It's like Bigfoot. (laughs) I know, man. It's like a. It's like big Chinese foot or something. Chinese (laughs) Bigfoot. We found him. See it here first on TMZ. Yeah, I remember. I still remember all your like uh, really cool um, Shopify. I still have that video to figure out LTV and all that stuff that you made way back when. That was that's a killer killer video. Yep. Yes, sir. So. And I, I, I and it's it's a uh, it's funny, right? Like you you put out you put out something like that, and then now like every time before I put something out, or you know, like I haven't put something out in a long time because it's like I was saying before, just because we're getting busy as shit. But you think about it, and you're like, how do I beat that? Like shit, have I painted myself into a corner? How the fuck do I beat that? Like, damn it! I know. Well, I need to get you doing videos again. Yeah, I mean, so that that's the plan, right? Like, we we've, I guess, because we've um, we've been working so hard on being able to grow. Uh, sustainably and properly with the head count, with the client count and all that. Uh, a, a big part of my focus has been going back into operations and making sure that operations are good. Uh, but that's really come to, it's, it's so funny how this, uh, how you reached out. Um, and we have this, we're on this call today because literally in the past week, we've made some really like monumental changes in uh, just within the agency for for me to be able to go okay i can hand this off now to the right people i can go mm-hmm. back into you know like actually jamming and being with the ad least fam and putting out content again and being where i'm supposed to be and doing the stuff that like, i'm best best at doing how did you like running operations versus actually running ads but it's that's the thing right like i think it's it's one of those things where <laughs> your ambitions your ambitions catch up with you sometimes just kick you in the ass because inevitably if when you say shit like i want to build a big agency the big the next thing that follows that predicates that is the 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 sentence that comes after that is i won't be able to run ads no more right as leadership of that agency you the, the whole job then is it's getting people getting smart people in place to be able to run ads in fact way better than i ever can or ever could and then i get to be able to do that so you know it's it's been building up the what we call the client partnerships team building up the headcount building up processes like i mean fuck we have an in, we have an internal wiki now like I, we have to organize that like you know it's 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 shit like that that we got to deal with and we're 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 all we're, we're all remote so it's just in the office here we got yeah. one two three like four team members um but we like the team straddles like nine ten time zones Hmm. So Jeez. that many, means, yeah, that, holy crap, like 35 going on 37. Wow. Jesus. Dude, it's nuts, man. It's, 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 it's crazy. It's, it's really like how, how hard can you cling on to this thing and just make sure the wheels don't fall off. So it's duct tape and super glue. And, you know, you're, you're just trying to make sure that things don't fall off while, trying to maintain um, quality because that's the biggest, that was always the biggest concern for us is always quality. It is. And it's hard when you've been doing it yourself or overseeing it. And then you have to relinquish that to people, you know, that you have to train because that's the most difficult thing I've come across. Um, yeah, absolutely. Train. Able to find, yeah, lucky to be able train. to find a God, you know, that I have in place that does it, but I feel you. Yeah, exactly. You got to, cause you got to train them. Then you got to trust them. 
and then you got to entrust upon them all these other responsibilities and for them to feel like they're in a position where they can lead as well. Yeah. Cause otherwise, right. like, you know, otherwise as leadership, you just end up becoming the bottleneck. Yep. Inevitably, yep. especially about 30 something people across nine time zones. Jeez. How do you, how do you manage that with like time, like being able to work together with such a wide array of people working different times? Slack, zoom, Asana, and uh, being very intentional about how you structure culture and how you structure communications. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if yeah. I mean, I'm fortunate. I'm, I'm fortunate in a way, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I'm 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 Singaporean, so in Singapore, you have to uh, serve your country. You know, you get you, you get consigned. So, uh, I was in the fire department, and one thing you quickly learn is be, running a remote team is very much like running any type of military operation or any type of, you know, emergency service operation, you have headquarters and you have a whole bunch of people out there in the field that you can't see. And they can only communicate to you on like one, one method, right? Like there's only one way of communicating. So you have to be really, mm-hmm. uh, you almost have to standardize how you communicate and when you communicate and, and how frequently you do it. Otherwise yep. sh- shit can get real hard real quick. Cause if you're like, if you're, 14 hours away from me and you need a que- you need a question that only I can answer. You got to wait 14 fucking hours for me to answer that question. Yeah. That, that's shitty. Yeah. It's tough. Hmm. Yeah. So what's the, like, what's the, you have one that's 14 hours, different time zone. Yeah. Because we have a U.S. team, right? So Ray, um, Ray's over in, uh, in Nashville. Um, we got Jason who's over in Arizona. He's in Scottsdale. Uh, we got like Antonio, I'm just giving shout outs right now. The Antonio's over in the UK. He's in London. So we've got all Abby? kinds of time zones. Uh, yeah. yeah they're in, okay. They? Yeah. Cool. Uh, that's less like, that's like mandate now. So if you're, if you're, if you're on our strategy team or you're on, you're on our media buying team, you're in athletes for huh. sure. So they're giving me shit too. Cause they're like, D what are you dropping videos? Huh? And I'm just like, <laughs> fuck, I'm getting there. Trust me. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about that. We definitely need to get you back doing that for sure. I miss them because even I was learning stuff, you know. Some of the videos you drop me in are they're good. Yeah, I appreciate you. Been up to. Sure. Well, let's dive in. I don't even know how many people we got in here. Let's take a look. I uh, haven't been paying attention because I've because we've just been shooting the shit. Yeah, <laughs> we got eleven in here. So let's go. Uh, are we in? A, uh, are we in at least gold? No, I got to I'm working on that. I've been having I'm going to start using Crowdcast or Wirecat Crowdcast I think it is, but I can't figure out their damn software. It's so confusing. So I have a call with them on Friday and then we're going to start streaming. It'll be here for people to ask questions, but then we're going to stream into ad buyers and stream into gold, but they just can't ask questions. They can only watch. So you have to literally be a paying member. Um, but that's been on me. I just haven't had time to figure it out. I've been busy, but I set up a call with them yesterday, so all right, so people, well, can just get, about, or people can just get their shit together and join Ad Leagues Platinum. How about yeah, that? <laughs> I mean, it's you'd think everybody in the Ad Buyers group would want to join, but even when Tim drops those posts or whatever that we do, it, it uh, I don't know. People are cheap; they just don't understand. Like hundred bucks a month, you know, if you can, you make that times tenfold just off of one video. So, oh my God, I, it, this this community is is nuts. It is. It is absolutely in, but 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 I get it too. I I get it also because of the fact that it is exactly that mindset that you're talking about, right? Where it's like, I can I can YouTube this stuff anytime. Why should I pay mm-hmm. for it? Until you come in, right. and then it's like, yo, that this is next level stuff. Yeah, and it's kind of like when I went to my first mastermind with Tim. I was like, 
fuck, I'm not going to go and learn anything. Like, I'm not going to pay five G's or whatever it was, seven G's. But then, like, I literally went. Now I'm running ad leaks. And, like, it's opened up so much more business opportunities to partners with other people that are high up. And I mean, it's I've made probably 500 X ROI on my $5,000 investment. We get to have cool conversations like these because of that. Like, all you need is that one inflection point, and then boom, you go from cynic to believer. I, I, I get it because I, I, I'm, I'm that kind of person too. Yeah, it's it's nuts. People don't want to invest in their own growing. So, yeah. Um, all right, let's let's dive in. So, tell me, I know about your agency, but a lot of people don't. Obviously, it's Right Hook. Tell us a little bit about, I guess, what it is you guys do. We know you do Facebook ads. We know you crush it. But what other platforms are you on? Right. So. Uh, Effectively, I'll just do the spiel. So uh, Right Hook Digital is the name of the agency. Uh, we are essentially, we call ourselves like a like a, you know, e-commerce growth agency more than just a, a Facebook mm-hmm. media buying agency. We're really niche down that way. Um, from a, uh, our bread and butter is still definitely Facebook, Instagram. But that being said, because of the way that we work with our clients and it's very much like as much... I believe that the agency model is broken if if for for the people that believe that they should be just vendors, right? Mm-hmm. If if they if they go in with that perception or they get treated that way, it's com- it'll be completely broken no matter what. Um, whereas if the way that we go in and we really try to make it a partnership, that means that while we doing while we're doing your media buy, we have to look at your CRO to some degree. Um, we have to look at your email marketing. We have to look at, you know, when, once it gets comes time to scale, we got to start looking at Google ads. We're just spearheading our Google ads department right now, for example, um, predominantly search. And then we're going to move into display and shopping and all those different areas. I'm really, I really want to fuck with. Uh, no, we're not running shopping for all of our clients because it's a buy-in wow. thing. Like not a lot. It's being able to explain it to them because you know how it is. Facebook and Instagram is still so sexy. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like Google Shopping, where for a lot of for a lot of especially the the more brandy brands, they're like Google Shopping. That's isn't that where you just like people search for it? And like yeah, but just buyers on this so much. Dude, higher. the buyer intent, of course, exactly right. But it's you talk to a marketer, they get it. You talk to right. a, a brandy creative who like you know like this is my baby. They're like oh, but what about Instagram stories? And we can do so much more there. So the the frustrations always comes with how do we then put it across to the client so that they get it when they came yeah. in through a Facebook, Instagram as a sexy. So uh, we really want to fuck with YouTube ads uh, mm-hmm. in a much bigger way, but Snapchat, we've been doing that for, for a little while. And that's do been, you feel, do you see a good return on Snapchat or more do you use it for like leveraging building retargeting lists? Yeah. So it's, it's building retargeting lists. Um, we're testing it across some accounts. Again, it's a client buy-in type of thing, but for, but it doesn't, what I can say though, is that based on, um, what we've tried so far doesn't work for every type of brand. It's almost like, and I hate that answer, but it really is like, it depends as much as I hate that answer. Like we test some and it just does not work. So it's just brand building and being omnipresent, but not DR. Yeah. Whereas for some right. other brands, we can go DR and it, it you know, it works out. It works. The numbers just back out nicely. Yeah. I think I find it funny that you talk about partnership is literally on the homepage of my agency website. It says on this, on the hero image, you're not a client, you're a partner. Like my, my retention rate with clients is like 99.9% because, you know, I don't bill hourly. I don't try and like nickel and dime these people. You know, if they need something done with CRO, 
it affects our ads. If they need something done with that, it affects our ads. Even if we're not in control of it, you know, I want to see their AdWords account, even if I'm not going to run it just to make sure it's being handled right. But most people don't get, most people don't get that, you know, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like the, the, the one sin that I see a lot of agency owners uh, commit is that they approach every conversation from a place of pure, like traditional servitude, right? Yeah. And I, I give my team so much shit for this all the time, uh, in terms of in terms of of saying, listen, from from an agency standpoint, people are coming to us for a reason because we know what we're doing. Yep. Like, I don't remember the last time a sur- a surgeon came up to me and like pandered to. Like, are you comfortable? Is everything okay? Or do you like the, the onboarding experience? It's like, it's a surgeon. Whatever you say, surgeon, I'm going to do because my shit needs fixing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, that I, type it, of stuff. It's, it's, it's definitely not. So if you were going to do it all over again, because um, would you do it? Would you build your own brand or would you go the agency route? Uh, if I could do it all over again, I I think I'd still go the agency route based on where I was before, um, before starting the agency. So you know, I come from a, uh, I come from a broader marketing background. But even before that, I cut my teeth in TV. So mm-hmm. I've always like I had my own production company before, um, and then coming into the only the only reason why I got into this world was because I had my own tech startup five years ago. And really, I mean, you know, when you got your own tech startup, it's not, it wasn't physical product. Um, it was tech. So, but when you're bootstrapping it for yourself and you're trying to get investment, the first thing you got to do is figure out how to stretch each dollar and get and acquire cut, like, you know, acquire users at a yep. very, pro- like uh, at, a, at a maintainable amount of money. So, mm-hmm. you know, you got to know your CPLs and you got to know how those numbers back out and what your conversion rate looks like. So in that regard, th- that was how I got into this world. Th- what I love about agency is you get to learn so much so quick and you get to look into so many different verticals real quick, right? Especially if you- you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. So you really get to learn at scale really quickly and um, and have the uh, – uh, and also at the same time, you get to learn about people so quick too. Because yeah. no one clients the same. Yeah, they're not. They're some are paying in the ass, some are awesome. Like some of the best relationships, you know, their clients are my highest paying and they're awesome to work with one day and then the next day they're just the biggest pain in my ass. You know, the next day it's just some days I wish I would go the brand route, but then again I don't want to deal with logistics and all that stuff either. But um grass is always greener, right? Yeah, it just depends. I like both. I like doing both. So no, I hear you. <laughs> uh, so uh, Facebook ads, CBO, ABO, what are you guys doing? Um, right now still, we, I don't know, man. Like the fact that the fact that Facebook said everything is going to happen in September and then now they're like everything is going to happen in February. Sorry about the September, guys. We, we, we said this to our Facebook rep because, uh, you know, we uh, fortunately for us, we were lucky enough to be part of the, the premium partner program. So uh, we get to talk to the we get to talk to our allocated rep. Emma, if you're watching this, I hope you're in this group. But. We love you. You're awesome. She, she really actually is awesome. Like I've never, I've never been able to say our Facebook rep is awesome until we got Emma. Uh, and we were like, so listen, this whole moving back to February thing, that, that, that speaks volumes. Naughty, huh? A lot of kinks. Uh, <laughs> and she's imagine- like, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> could you imagine if I- there was a Facebook rep in there, how many people would be hitting them up? It would be got off for that rep in our group. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh no, totally for sure. They would be incognito as fuck. They'd be a, it'd be a yeah. separate Facebook ad account. It'd be like Sandra, whatever. You know, it'll just be a fake name, fake account, and they'd just be in here. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, for, no, but for sure. I, I mean, the we so as an uh, just across the board, we we do test. Uh, we do test CBO. I mean, you know, CBO works when you've got the, if you're going in and testing prospecting ads, going like really broad and using CBO to try to test, I think it's just, it just takes a lot of time and a fair bit of budget to chew through and clients mm-hmm. don't just don't have that type of patience. You can't just be like, no clients, it's okay. Trust us. It'll come good in two weeks. you be like, motherfucker, I'll fire you in two weeks. This is what's going to happen in two weeks. Um, so a, a lot of what we do, you know, CBO, like, Middle funnel, bottom funnel, CBO still kind of, you know, that, that part makes sense. Or when, when the creative is too honed in, when the audiences are honed in, okay. But for the most part, we, we still like feeling like we're being in control, even though Facebook is pushing this whole like power five thing. Power five stuff. Yeah. I don't even run. Do you run broad DPA? Oh uh, yeah, we do broad DPA. We, we, we were one of the, are we, we, I think we spoke about that uh, going broad DPA um, at um, James Van Elswick's event. 2017 in Barcelona, we were talking. Yeah, so for again, it's it's such a it depends thing for certain brands going broad DPA, the crush mm-hmm. crushes certain other ones we tested out and you know this doesn't work. It's it's so funny, right? Like if there's one thing I've learned in the time that I've run Right Hook or Right Hook's been in, been in existence, it's almost like there's no, I guess which is why we still have a job. There's no one thing that works across the board all the time. It's so sure. situational, yeah. and it, yeah. you, you almost need that. You get to a certain point where you're good enough where you, it, it's it's like when uh, – I guess it's like when any, any pro athlete, when the ball touches their hands, they know exactly what to do with that split second considering yep. all the variables around them. Yeah. I, it's I just think all the different I playbooks, broad, right? I've noticed with broad DPAs, it depends on the product and it depends on your imagery because a lot of images from websites are on white backdrops. But if you have like jewelry client, you know, for one jewelry client that we have that's pretty large – it does so much more justice of having these bracelets and jewelry on like beautiful models in lifestyle photos, which they don't have on their website. It's on a white backdrop. Broad DPA wouldn't work with a white, you know, doesn't, it doesn't do the product justice. So I think a lot of it depends on that as well as like kind of what the images are. Is that what you've noticed? Yeah, or For sure. Absolutely. And I mean, and also just being able to have, uh, you know, talk to the client and be like, "Hey, can we add a suite of multiple images onto onto your product page?" And for us to be able able to leverage that a bit more as well. How are you pulling? I'm gonna. You, what I'm gonna do is I, I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna find a replay of that video or do a do a fresh one and i'll drop it as an actual like how-to video to be able to then technically be able to do all those things because it it is kind of it's kind of step-by-step boring but it it actually lists it out to be able to do it so i'll make sure that uh i've got to i've got to promise that one whoever's whoever's watching on the facebook live right now you can hold me accountable to to drop in that shit or you can come uh you can come um buy a plane ticket out and bitch slap me i'll take you out to lunch anyway are you um I know there's an app to do it. I don't remember, but are you taking like the second or third image or are you always taking the first image on like Shopify product pages? Uh, there's an app to the... do it. I don't remember. Yeah. What I app? don't remember. I don't remember the name of the, I don't remember the name of the app either, mm-hmm. but I, I know what you're talking about to be able to pull that type of stuff in. But you know, with broad DPA for, for summer, 
back when we were doing the um i forget what the results were back when we were doing the the how-to and we were talking we were doing that that speech for james at james's event but that was the that was the only thing we talked about that was the whole talk <laughs> it was just broad dpas yeah. and how to be able to pull multi-image dpas james who ben ellswick oh, he was running his geek, geek out barcelona gotcha shout out james miss you brother and he's not very active in our group. He doesn't do anything really in here. <laughs> yeah, he. Yeah, call call that out too. Call that out too. Hey, James. He doesn't, he doesn't do anything. Where I you at? A couple posts. He ain't, he ain't responding. <laughs> I know. Man, James James is James is just grinding and crushing. Man, he's he's just making moves all the damn time. Uh, uh, so there's some good questions here. I did a post as you saw in. Uh, Obviously. Yeah, like a like a few a few days ago, right? We had a few like yeah. preloaded questions. Yeah, Alex wants to know how you keep such great hair. I don't know, man. You gotta gotta ask my parents. That's uh, they just gave they just gave it. Uh, funny, I, I had a shaved head from like for like ten years, so I don't know how the fuck this happened. It somehow, just happened. What are some of like the bigger uh, trends that you're seeing across? all of your, like, are you seeing one thing that's working on most accounts versus others? Or I know we said it's kind of dependent, but is there like one thing that you know works on most accounts that you start testing out? Yeah. So we're, we're testing this one out right now and it, we can almost kind of like merge it into, you know, the fact that uh, we're about to get into Q4. Um, I'm just finding the, the post that you put up. Oh, about, that was in oh, gold. Let me tag you in it. Let me tag. No, it wasn't platinum. I'll tag you. I think. Cool. Um, but in, in the meantime, the one thing that we are testing right now, it, it merges with the question that someone else asked around what are you, uh, what are what are what uh, what are you planning to do in Q4 uh, that we we're, we not might, might not be talking about, um, and how and what should we do? Uh, so this is something that uh, our head media buyer Luke and I'd, I'd love to be able to uh, to get Luke doing some of these calls with us as well, moving to the future. Let's so Luke, Luke yeah, man, Luke, um, Luke coined this term. He's calling it the, uh, he's calling it the iceberg, the iceberg method or the iceberg campaign. And, and, you know, it's nothing new, right? It's not, it's not like it's a, it's not like it's a, it's an unknown concept or anything like that. I, th I think it's just the fact that we've tested it and it's brought back, like we tested this and for one of our clients, you know, had gave them their first 50 K day. Another client may give them their first hundred K day with, on the day, little to no ad spend, but yet that was the day that it happened. So the iceberg method is literally being able to build up hype. It's it's pretty much just a pre-sell, yeah, right. So what what are you doing is is and we're calling it iceberg because the 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 tip of the iceberg is just that little spend, but what sits underneath is all that return that comes in after you build up that hype. Um, mm -hmm. the, the you know the it's it's building up towards that event. It's a either a like for one of our clients, what we did was go, um, we're going to have this after dark sale. So between midnight and 4 PM, we're going to lock down our site and you can only get in with a password and you can then only, you, this is the only time you can buy and get these crazy deals or like these products that we've never released before mm -hmm. that got one of them a 50 K day. Um, and it, it just comes down to, you know, two, three, four, depending don't, I mean, four, even four or five weeks is, is kind of pushing it. But two, three weeks out, being able to hype that up, almost like what you would do for Black Friday, right? You would want to build that list and hype it up, uh, get people to engage. Call to action would typically be, hey, um, 
you want to push it towards Messenger and or email so you can capture and yep. build that list, get them to opt into a code and uh, th let them know what that is. And then leading up towards that one D-Day, you're then able to um, you're then able to either lock down the site or it's, it's not a and it, it's it's one. It's not supposed to interrupt your evergreen. So don't, it's not like you want to go site-wide 20% or anything like that. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. It's like a, either it's an exclusive product drop or you can try to gamify a certain buying experience or anything like that. Um, mm -hmm. that that's what you want to be able to do. And you want to do that off, off all the, uh, you want to, you want to paste that. So it's offbeat from all the typical sale times, because once it's typical sales times, what happens is everyone else is seeing sales ads. Yep. And they're getting hit with the same thing. But if you're coming up with your own stuff, you really are not vying for competition and you're not going in at high CPM periods too. Yep. Like Labor so Day. That's what we're doing. The big yeah, yeah, exactly. We had Labor Day sale and we took, we did like Black Friday sale over Labor Day, basically run 30% off for that jewelry client. And, you know, a typical day is 10, 15K, but over the weekend, because we spent so much on top of funnel, we did, you know, like two, 250 over a three day period, which is just way more than we ever done. We made sure that our number and our sale was that much greater than everyone else. So yeah, for sure, good strategy for sure. So being able to being able to deploy that, um, and you can even go one step further. And and if you want to like social proof it a little bit more, come up with a Facebook event and have people attending, mm -hmm. and then get people you know get some community around that. So you can drive all your messenger mess your uh, your messenger flow messaging <laughs> or your email messaging to drive towards that Facebook event. And you can even retarget engagers to then go, okay, you know, here's, um, uh, don't forget to come back in here for <laughs> the event if you don't want to miss out. Yep. yep. Uh, do you, you know, that's just working with, with the client, right? Do you run a lot of messenger bot stuff too? Like tiny uh, messenger bot? Ads? Yeah, we, we, we see that as part of the way that I see it. It's just part of the, it is, has to be part of the mix and it has to be part of the creative almost like it's part of the experience, right? And if you can if you can leverage Messenger Bot that way, and then ask for an email confirm, that, that gets popped into your CRM, and then off you go. Yep, we are working. Just makes on, it, you know, it just makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I'm working on a project. I don't know if he's watching or not, but Rudger uh, told we're going to be doing a, a case study and probably be opening it up to some brands for within athletes free, and we're going to do like a. a 50 50 split and he's going to run it and we're going to onboard some people. So be on the lookout for that, but it's going to be like a 50 50 split for like email opt-in versus like messenger opt-in opt-in. And then like what the difference is. And if I actually, nice. so I'm actually excited for it. He's we're doing it on a couple brands. I work with now setting it up, but then we're going to open it up to some select few in the community for People, the bot, so. the bot father, baby. If there's anyone to, if there's anyone to be doing cool shit with, is the bot father. That's for sure. Rucker, I know you're yeah. watching. Uh, TikTok. Yeah, and actually, the client. I like this question. I just seen it pop up. TikTok. Are you guys running? I didn't even know what this was. I thought it was a. It's a song, you know. I was like, I don't know what TikTok is. <laughs> Dude, I'm so busy. I'm like, that's a song, and no, it's an ad platform. I never heard of it. So my client asked me, text me today. Cause I mentioned to him, I said, do you know what TikTok is? He goes, yeah, some big brands, you know, crush it on there. And do you guys have any success with that? TikTok's actually part of the, uh, TikTok, TikTok's actually part of the, uh, the audience network. It's part of the app network. 
Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even know this, right? Until I was fucking with TikTok. Cause I'm like, I, you know, my stepson's 14. So I got, I'm like, Hey, I, I don't want to be that like uncool dad. So I'm, I'm in there and I'm just checking out TikTok and I'm like, shit, our ads are in here. The fuck? How old are you, bro? Bro, I'm 35, man. You're a fiend. You got started early. I should, I should, <laughs> I, I should, I should have said, I should have said 42. People would have believed me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. That's, geez, my oldest is seven. I'm three. Yeah, dude. How, how many how many kids you got, bro? Four. It's too many. <laughs> Man, yeah, get that soccer team going, I, bro. I know. Uh, she's making me cut my balls open here soon, apparently, to get snipped. So, not going to be fun. Uh, no, I hear you. Good luck. I would not wish that upon any <laughs> of my friends. I don't know what that's like. Sharp objects uh, around nuts. I don't know. I don't know how this conversation got here, but just sharp objects around nuts. Uh, nuts I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about that much. I don't, have a, I don't have a feel about that. I was that. hoping for a C-section, and I was going to pay the doctor just to tie our tubes when they're in there, but it didn't happen. So <laughs> there, you, there you go. Um, uh, but yeah, but yeah, TikTok's. Uh, I don't know. I like I like this phenomenon that I mean, just to go back to the TikTok thing. I like this phenomenon that's popping up, which is like everyone is trying to vie for the pow- the 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 attention vacuum that Vine left behind. Because if you if you actually sit down and try to consume some TikTok, it's exactly that. Um, I think Dub Smash before that, it's like almost Dub Smash is kind of like the uh, the MySpace of that world now. Um, yeah, dude, it's 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 pretty much just just people, you know, lip syncing to songs, and it's like you know all those uh, all those Vine comedians. Oh, oh they're they're okay. you know they're showing up on TikTok now and doing those types of like solo person skits. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of people are doing that on TikTok, uh, but yeah, the, yeah, I know Gil, exactly. I didn't expect to hear that on athletes too, but the, uh, the, what the TikTok that? thing is really interesting because he, oh, he said, I never expected to hear this on athletes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, TikTok, TikTok's I, I think an, an interesting one, just, you know, like snap TikTok, this whole portrait style, sit there and just consume things on loop and i get it right like you look at finn my stepson uh he it's it's really interesting that generation tv is non-existent to them and their devices you should so he's got his p on a sat on any given saturday he's got his the, the tv on the ps4 he's got his laptop open with youtube playing at the same time while he's playing rainbow six and then he's got his phone there with Pokemon Go. And I'm like, yo, man, this is next level stuff. <laughs> you should be yeah. a day trader. I'm like, have you thought about day trading, man? With that many monitors, you Sorry, might be able to turn coin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so are you running so like, a- what, how much are you spending on TikTok? Or are you not running specifically on TikTok? No, we're not running specifically on TikTok. It's literally like uh, if, if you run all placements on Facebook, you're going to yep, start seeing yep. your ads on TikTok as well. A lot of people are like specifically running ads, I think, on TikTok, but I haven't jumped into that yet. So, yeah, totally. I mean, you know, like there are so many platforms that we could be learning and going into and testing, but it's how much time do you have in a day and how much focus do you got, right? Not enough. <laughs> Not exactly. Exactly. Not enough. Exactly. Do you do anything um, with the Gemini? No, actually. Chance? No. Mm. Just was checking. What that about out. you? I've never done the. No, I just I just was downloading it because there was a post in here about um, I can't have to find it, but it was a couple weeks back about somebody crushing it with native and a really easy way to like implement piggyback off of stuff you're doing. Um, 
But I went in there and I was looking at it last night to sign up for it. And you can like basically import all of your campaigns, even from AdWords into there. But I haven't, honestly, I haven't messed with it enough. But it, if you can run any other platform, I think it'd be pretty easy to run. But we'll yeah, see. for sure. It's going to start playing. Yeah, there are. Uh, I, I think that's the cool thing about, about the people in this group, especially when you operate at a certain level, it's you your your baseline fundamentals because you're thinking as a marketer not like one one channel right so there, it, there's so many transferable skills one to the next you just have to learn the user interface and the nuances and you get up to speed so much quicker than someone who thinks about just the one channel and how yeah. do i do this and how do i game this how do i five dollar a day this and you're you're, yeah. you're even trying to nickel and dime the platform you're not thinking about things holistically or, you know, that, that at that level, I think the ones that can think laterally and holistically are the ones that really, they're the ones that, that, that win time and time again. Oh, for sure. And it even blows my mind, you know, like a lot of people in here, um, you know, like Alex crushes it on Facebook. Can you get like Alex style and he's get on AdWords, you know, he doesn't know, but he's killing it on Facebook. Like imagine if he took his knowledge and skill set and brain power and apply that to AdWords on what more he could do for his clients. I mean, it's just some people are so single channel focused where, you know, I want to know omni channel because you learn Google ads and you got Bing ads. I mean, it's the same thing. Um, so you got two more platforms right there that you can just import all of your campaigns over into Bing and you're going at the drop of a dime, but yeah. Yeah. You run sure. Bing ads at all? Nope. Do any Bing ads? No. Never. Like I said, we're, we're only just, we're only just spearheading the, uh, the search PPC side of things and actually having a department there. Cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. If you had to start, you, that this is a good question. A lot of people, this comes up, selling your agency or kind of what your long-term vision is. I mean, do you plan on building this up to be 100, 200 employees and then turn around and trying to flip it or sell it? Um, yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's that's that really is an interesting question. It's funny, right? Like when we we started this agency, Scott and I back in the day back in the day as if it was like fucking 10 years ago but we, we started this agency as two guys in our 30s both with a chip on our shoulder going like we started late so we gotta go big and yeah. you know we we were both married men both got kids so it's not like we got time to dick around either um so when we asked that question early on it was like how big do we want this to be and 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 do we want to flip it or anything like that and funnily enough we're just like naively back then it was like 100 mil or bust right i, I chuckle at that number now because it's like a kid saying president of the usa or nothing it, you know it's it's something like that but but i think what that it, it's it's funny how that trickled down into the company ethos now where really it's us being as a uh, growing as learning as much and growing as aggressively uh while sustainably as possible Mm -hmm. um, to then be able to get to a point where we have a really sexy looking EBIT and an acquisition yeah. starts looking like a, you know, like a nine figure kind of number for acquisition right. to even get to be at a table where that's the conversation happening. Even if it's for us to be able to turn it down, I think would, would take a really big life goal box for me. Right. Cause yeah. we've already had a few like flirt around acquisition type, um, acquisition type conversations never got to the dd phase but we've already you know we fielded that those types of uh conversations and it's interesting because every time we had that we've had an, a, a slight offer you know a casual offer it forced us to look internally and be like what if we were you know what would it take for us to want to sell and every time it was always like nope not ready nope not willing 
we've yeah. got so much more to yeah. accomplish and so much more to do and so much more we want to learn first before we get mm-hmm. there. Yeah, it's uh, kind of funny. I, I work with this agency out of uh, the USA. I do cons- some consulting for them, and they're massive. They're probably a $100 million agency, ad agency. Mm-hmm. And they work with, like, the brands that you're carrying in your wallet on the plastic, they run ads for, like, massive brands. And I asked yeah. him, I was like, you know, I was like, you know, what are your thoughts? He said, I used to make more money when I was just a solo entrepreneur than when I have this, you know, hundred employee agency running. I make, I made way more money, way more money. Yeah. Now I have more headache. Um, when I, when he sells, obviously, you know, he'll make more, but, uh, he says it's been nothing but headache when you start growing that big. It's just a nightmare. It is. It's you, you. It's it's. Uh, if there's any one thing I've learned, it's that you have to be very willing to play the long game. If you're doing, if you're going down the route that we're going down, because he was, he's absolutely right. As a solopreneur, or as a, as a, you know, like a, a glorified uh, freelancer, so like a micro agency, you can be bringing home post tax fifteen, twenty, fifty Gs a month, right? But then a million a year, he said. There, there you go. So that's like, yeah, that's like 80, that's like 80 a month. Right. Yeah. Then, but, but the, the issue then is going on vacays a bit hard or falling <laughs> sixth a bit tough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's those types of things um, that, that, that you start to, you know, so kudos, kudos to him, man. He's done, he's done it both. He's, you know, done that solopreneur thing and now is be able to, to mm-hmm. be where he's at. It's a, it's a really interesting journey and, and a big part of me t- a big part of my incentive too is just being able to go through that journey. I get to learn so much, man. Like shit, you know, yeah. it's insane. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Uh, what, uh, uh, what creative, I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of discussion on creative and like four to five and one-on-one with all these new creative changes. There's some questions in here about it, but this isn't uh, just kind of, offset my own questions like what are you guys using for creative right now and what is there certain sizes that you see are doing better for certain things or talk to us a little bit about that uh so creative we always go so we have an in-house like editing team and, and graphic design team so clients provide us we just ask them for native square native portrait native four by five uh and then just run those and test them here's a really interesting one from a dynamic <laughs> Okay, so dynamic creative, right? Like that's that's everyone's talking about dynamic creative and being able to use dynamic. We we Luke and I were just <laughs> just a few hours ago. Luke and I were looking at one of our accounts and being like, "Hey, man, so you know this this dynamic creative thing? It's because it's kind of shitty dynamic creative when it comes to reporting. Like you don't get to see some of the softer metrics, like out outbound clicks, unique outbound clicks, uniques. You don't get to see certain some of the uniques. You can see ROAS, for example." but you can't see any of those numbers. Uh, and, and, you know, if you're dynamic creative and you're looking at, like, if you have multiple image, multiple uh, headline, multiple um, primary text, and you can have combination, you can do that breakdown. Mm-hmm. We went through one of our clients, and it was we were just testing stills. That's all we were testing. It was just static images of dresses. And we decided, and we conclusively found, this was a pattern, uh, that Facebook, the Facebook algorithm is an ass man. Because we were testing, because it, it's a pose. It's a pose of its same model, different dress. Yeah. Two different models, different dresses. Right, yeah. standing in the front like this, profile, and then like a zoomed kind of like bust shot, and then one where it's like straight up just back, 
uh, so you can see the back of the dress. And every single one, Facebook allocated the most spend, even like to to ass. It's just like the back across every single one. We the, no rhyme or reason whatsoever. That was huh. always the one. It was so nuts. I don't understand what that means, but you can you can be sure as hell that's a, that's going to be a, a conversation that we're going to be having with Emma, our Facebook rep. Be like, is face is, is Facebook an ass man? Is that what this is? Because we can't you we can't explain more, anything else otherwise. More ass shots. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think it's just more. I, what I what I want to do now is I, I almost want to flirt with the idea of getting all of our clients, even if they're not selling clothes, to just do photos of people standing with their right. backs, no faces, and seeing if that like shows up as the top yeah. pick for uh, for dynamic creative. It was so bizarre. What was, what was the difference for ROAS? Did you like, were you able to break it down and see the difference? Yeah, like literally, but here's the, here's the interesting part. Like from a dynamic creative standpoint, some of them for, for like a $800 spend, because again, we're, we're just allocating test, but for $800 spend for that set of like five pieces yeah. of static, one would get like 700 bucks. The other ones would get killed after like 13 bucks, 40 bucks, mm. 17 bucks. And it's all just ass. Facebook's like, spend money on that ass, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I, yeah. Leilani, I mean, to, we, we run a lot of fashion brands, but we have never done ass shots. So I'm going to have to test that out. We've never done yeah, that. And it, it wasn't even, it wasn't even like close up ass. It was literally a full length body. It was just showing the back of the dress. So you could, I don't know if, it, you know, like, I guess it's because you can see the zipper. Yeah, like maybe maybe that maybe that's what it is. But every single one, like we started having a chuckle after two or three. After like twelve, I'm like, there's something going on here. I just don't know what it is. I'm gonna have it makes to no sense whatsoever. An X-rated explicit on this when I upload it to the uh, podcast tonight. So that way. Oh yeah, sorry. I'm a <laughs> I'm a I'm a pirate. I'm a pirate when it comes to swearing. It just kind of flows out Ass of me. And not- Ass and nuts. Ass and nuts. It's just uh, – totally, man. Uh, what are the biggest things because you're rapidly growing? Like what are the biggest processes in place that you think you were able to implement that really made a difference in t- team management? Wow. Yeah, this is a, this is an interesting one. We, we learned so much. We were forced to learn so much in this area. It's almost like I learned more on this side than any other side. Uh, in the past six to nine months. And that's also why I've gone dark because uh, especially more public facing, just because I had to really knuckle down on this stuff. It's really new conceptually to me. Uh, Like for example, uh, the Amazon, Amazon has a rule, right? If you can't feed a team with one pizza, if one pizza is not enough to feed a team, the team's too big for one person to manage. So in other words, once you grow past eight, you start to need to have to birth another leader for the next eight Right. So we learned that the hard way. Didn't read that snippet Mm, until we were like 14, 18 deep. Um, So and then then breaking it down into operational pods. So before that, we were kind of like a mishmash because we were smaller. Right. So it's like, hey, you know, you're available. You're available. You get these accounts. You get these support people. That's that. Now we we break them down into uh, standalone pods. So they almost become like their own business unit. Right. Okay. So you have a strat. You have a strategist. Um, you know, like a strategist, uh, account manager type person, um, a junior media buyer, like uploader type person who can also do like the clicky stuff, and then maybe one visual person, and that sits alone as one pod, almost like its own SEAL team. How many their own KPIs, their own reportables? Uh, right now, we're settling around like 
between eight and 12, depending on how the magnitude of the account. Cause you know how it goes. Some accounts you can literally, they kind of just hum along and they're good. And some other ones are so high maintenance. It's just like constant decay. It's almost like you're fighting. Uh, it's funny. Luke and I were making a joke, like some, some, some ad account, some client accounts. It's almost like you're trying to, you know, when you're, uh, you know, when you go at a birthday party and you want to take your, your kid's birthday cake out with the candles still lit out into the outdoors area and wind is blowing everywhere. And you're like, please don't extinguish. Like, don't fuck. Gotta do it again. That's what it feels like for some other ones. Don't blow out. Yeah. Just don't blow out. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Some of them are those, right? You can, you need a fire extinguisher to put them out. Some other ones, they go out at, you know, like a, literally someone farts and candles out. Yeah. So that's, that's where it's at. Um, so, and, and I guess other processes also would be around reporting internal reporting, like who's doing what, when, when has it been done? Who's the next person to take it over yeah. when you're running remote? Again, it's one of those things we we can't just like you know shoot the shit five minutes before we start work at the office. So right. that's a that's a really big one for us as well. Like I, I would contend that we move if any if if there are any agency owners out there that want to grow to the size that we're at. If you have a physical office, you would, and if you have aspirations to to uh, to grow to this size, you have a ten x easier job surpassing us because you have that office environment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just a, it's just harder to find talent in one position in one place though that you're at a disadvantage because to find, you know, like we were talking before we got on the live. I don't hire anyone that has any experience. Fully trained from my last hire was a FedEx driver. You know, love it. Work ethic of a work ethic of a guy digging ditches that would pour concrete twenty hours a day. Um, you know, yeah, ma'am. But we love those. Scott's a that's a that's a soft spot for Scott, my co-founder. He's like anyone that's in the, like like a carpenter, concreter, any of those that want to get out of the trade, love those. Scott used to be a concreter right. himself. That's hard work. <laughs> hard work. Yeah, so man. People that want to work and that are loyal, you know, because most of them just jump ship, ship to ship to ship. So, uh, in my opinion, it makes a big difference on how you're hiring. Just takes more time to train them, but um, pros and cons. How are you guys getting? I really good at. How do you guys get all your clients? You run an ad uh, or how are you getting them? Yeah, so uh, paid acquisition for the most part uh, is how we bring it in because we have an inbound, like we have a client partnerships team. So okay. it, they're on on average fielding like five to six calls a day. From from running Facebook ads? Because I, I see your Facebook. Yes, sir. Really? Really? Okay. Yep. How much do you spend a month? Mind me asking? To be able to do if, that? How much? What, sorry? How much are you spending a month to be able to bring oh. five to six? Um, I don't know why I'm leaning forward, even though I have the headphones on. It's like a, it's like a, it's like why am I leaning towards the monitor? It's fucking. I know, I'm trying to idiot. speak louder. Yeah, like it's, it's only because of the internet lag more than anything else. Um, so uh, what are we at? I think we're at like, we're still maintaining those numbers, the same kind of like the same numbers that I was talking about in Bangkok when I was talking uh, at Affiliate World. I think we're maintaining something like 150 cost per call. Okay. Maybe a bit higher, well, like, but we're, we're, we're happy to pay that. As long as it's below 250, we're happy to do yeah. like, you know, cause the numbers back out, right? As long as it's below 250, right. uh, cost per call, we're good. How many do you convert out of that a month? You think, man, 
th that's why I'm excited. And that's, that's also the reason why, like I was saying before, the timing worked, worked out so well. So Scott, we just, we just, because we've got pods in place now and because we've got this new infrastructure from a, um, uh, from a strategic client onboarding standpoint, my guys are, <laughs> they're closing like crazy this week. I'm excited, but cautiously optimistic at the same time because fuck when, so same time last year, this is exactly what happened. September last year, uh, one there was this one week. We were a much smaller team back then. Uh, we were closing week on week an average of six clients. That was stupid. That was that was unnecessary. We did that was that was just uh, we were just stroking our egos by that point. A wow. week we were closing six clients a week as a smaller team. We were fuck. What size were we back then? Like fourteen, eighteen. We could not, you know, like we could not comfortably handle that volume. We managed to pull through, and, and like, thankfully, we're still able to provide a a um a good a good enough onboarding experience where people weren't like spooked and was like, the this seems a bit fucking broken. What the hell is going on here? Right. Fortunately, but man, like, so same time last year, that's exactly what happened. That's when we learned a lesson where closing too well sometimes you're really inviting a whole bunch of trouble it's i guess it's like you know for for any of us that run ecom when performance when when performance marketing does too well and you sell clients out of stock too quickly and then you know their inventory it takes three months to to re-up right you, that can yeah. that can be an invitation for trouble for some clients right so yeah. What do you guys use for? Are you guys using Supermetrics? I know you're a fan of Supermetrics for client reporting. Uh, yeah. So um, depends on the client. Like, so we like using a a very simplified version, like a dash disk or like a report garden, to be able to send like a you know snapshot. This is what it looks like. Um, that type of reporting. Because when you get into Supermetrics, it it can get really inundating for someone who's not a numbers person who just, who just runs a brand. Yep. To yep. look through those, um, but for internal, we yeah use a combination of Supermetrics as well as Funnel.io, because Funnel is you're able to pull in a few things that Supermetrics can't, and then Supermetrics does a few things that Funnel can't. So we just bit the bullet and did both. What can you pull in the, What can you pull in with Funnel.io that you can't with Supermetrics? I totally, I totally forget. It was uh, I forget it was if it was like multiple accounts. Or being able to parse the data through and slice and dice a bit better. I think Supermetrics can slice and dice a bit better, but um, yeah, it's a I, I, Scott was the one that Scott was the one that set up Funnel Funnel.io, um, and he was the one that told me like you know we have to use both because I was like wait I'm the cheap Asian guy I'm like why can't we just use one I want to save some cost here and he's like nope got to do both can't help it like fuck all right super yeah bro but it's uh wow. but but. But we we added that into our new client onboarding process, and it, it speeds up. It buys us a lot of time. Yeah. So, and also the other part is Supermetrics. the 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 difficult thing with Supermetrics is the fact that um, it whenever you load up a, a really heavy sheet, it always is not on the server side. The load is always on the client side, so your GPU just goes into overdrive. And then when you want to click on something, it takes like forty seconds to to load or change. So that's what Supermetrics does. Yeah. Interesting. I noticed that because I was trying to put like build a longer page, combine a page, and I was trying to put like a couple that was like a hundred widgets or something on it. Just so the client didn't have to scroll, but I couldn't do it. So that was too much uh too many widgets. Too much but, load. 
Yeah. yeah, too much load. It all put, it puts it all on, on, on the client side. It's nothing. It's like almost nothing is done server side. It's yeah, it's too much load. It's the shit out of me. Yeah, man. Um, Nut, nuts, ass, and load. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you were smiling, so I said it for you. <laughs> oh uh, man, uh, Sean, Sean and Tim are gonna be talking to me after this call. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, fine. Hey, Antonio's in. Antonio. Sorry, say, say that part again. Run, yeah. You run Amazon ads? No, we don't actually. Like a lot of her a lot of her clients come uh a lot of her clients come the other way. So they're they're they're, they're crushing on Amazon, but they 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 fear the they fear the Bezos beast coming to to swoop them up. So they like they go, we need to start owning our own brand. Uh I know, Nick, I my my uh, my telemarketer my moon, I'm on my moonlighting job right now. I get off my shift later. Um, <laughs> but uh, but the um, they usually come the other way because they want to own that brand. They want to own their email list and they want to own their customer list. Do you fuck with Amazon? Yeah, I do a lot actually. Mm-hmm. Nice. A ton. Nice. Very easy. That's awesome. And speaking that's of, what I, that's what I hear. Black. Stephen Black, you goober, you're supposed to call me. I need help with something. I've been chasing him for two weeks, calling him out. Everyone wants a piece of Stephen Black, man. <laughs> he's like, oh, let's, let's meet at one. I, he just he's blowing me off. I think he's mad at me or something. Oh, that's funny. I um, uh, I, I, so I got. I, I see. I see a few other questions here that I, I want to help. Yeah, let's jump in. That's uh, what I was looking for. Nice. I want to help answer as well. Like, uh, I think. Alex, you're asking like what task management do we use? We're on Asana right now, yeah. um, but I don't know, man. A fair few people have been talking to me about Airtable. It's it's I one of those it. things. We're so we're, I used it. Do, are you on Airtable? I tried it. It's there. If you need help, my um my head lady Leilani can help you with Airtable. It's she's an expert in it. We tried using it for task management, but it's Asana is so easy and Airtable is so complicated yeah very complicated we use it more for like client information like what clients we have what platforms they're on what their spend is so i did a portion of it but we moved task management to um asana but she built out like a badass dashboard and had like all this stuff i mean she spent probably like 50 hours on learning it and like building it out i just yeah so used to asana it was so hard to use for task her and i uh her and I would get along like a house on fire. I, I'm that guy too. I, I get so persnickety when it comes to to dashboards and and checklists and doing all mm-hmm. that type of stuff. That's what I, that's what actually what I like. Uh, that's that's why Airtable is calling out to me because it's relational databases, right? Which is mm-hmm. man, relational database that you can do some cool shit with that. Yeah, I was just I was like, fuck, it's so much work. <laughs> It is. It is. It's a ton of. It's a ton of work, though. Because, like, I mean, that's a full time job. Like, I, I got buddies that, that that's all they do. They're like, you know, they're relational database people. Yeah, it was crazy. The, the the stuff she built was really cool. But I just some of the people that I had brought on that are still like learning and stuff. It was like too much. Still, yeah, it was too much for them. So uh, I want to definitely give it a go again. And we still have it all built out. But we're just using it for like just retain information on clients, contacts. We put all like our reporting in there. Like, and you can see all the Dropbox folders, the 
So it, it has its place with what we're doing uh, for sure. And we only pay, we have one account. We all just use the same login and it's like 25 bucks a month. It's not bad. Nice. There you go. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to open up the comments. I don't know why I can only see the top four. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you use Project Order or a lot of ads libraries? Trying to scroll through here. One There's a lot of just questions. Questions. Um, how would you scale your agency of? How would you scale your agency in terms of getting new clients if you're stuck at like 10k a month? How would you scale your agency to get new clients if you're stuck at 10k a month? So basically, doing 120k. I don't know if that's top line revenue, but. Um, probably most people talk top line revenue. Anyhow, I think it's, I think it's scaling peep when you're doing 10 K and again, agency is such a funny term, right? Cause agency could literally be, be like two people with a pretty website. And then, you know, that's an agency and you could like, you know, or you can have like, you know, us, which is like 30, 30 fuckers just trying to make shit work. And that's also agency. So I think mm-hmm. if you, if you're, Around 10k, hopefully that means you got a small team. Like shit, if you got 10k in a big team, that's scary. Uh, a month. Um, <laughs> He's probably <laughs> yeah, for sure. I I I think it's it's two things. That's that's the other part I learned about about running agency of this type of headcount too. It's it's almost like a step ladder, right? You got to hire people ahead of time, which kind of eats into your EBIT a little bit, so that you can prepare to take on more clients, or you can do it the mm-hmm. other way and just be a, a you know a run the risk and just uh, like acquire a bunch of clients and then figure shit out later. But either way, something's got to take a hit. It's never linear. So based on that, based on that alone, um, what I would say is to acquire more clients, you want to have two, two situations to acquire more clients. You want to have the the confidence that you'd be able to fulfill. So get people that are capable to be able to do that. Um, But if you're, that's that part you're not worried about, then situation number two is, uh, Dude, just run some fucking funnels. Yeah, do a VSL, do a webinar. We're marketers. That's what we do, right? Mm-hmm. There are so many ways to to get clients in. Um, do outreach, man. I love outreach. I just wish we had our team had the, the the capacity to be able to do it because then it's account based marketing. You're you're targeting key people that you want to reach out to, and you can have like you can slice and dice. Go on LinkedIn, start using Sales Navigator, start using some tools. Start doing that. There's so many ways to do it. My God. I need to try LinkedIn. I'm not even on. I'm on LinkedIn, but I haven't used it for like 10 years. I know some, I know some LinkedIn, like I know some LinkedIn B2B agency or, you know, like service-based business legion, just fucking ninjas. Hmm. I need, I need to go out. Yeah, dude. And it's all like, it's all cool growth hacky shit. Hmm. Uh, we do need more. I think we're going to have to set up like a weekly show almost for this. <laughs> I'm down, man. No, legit. Like I, like I, I am, I am down. If we can, if we can uh, do swaps in the time zone or something. Yeah. Do a, do a yeah, Fortnite thing or. A... Let's do it. I'm serious too. Pick a day yeah. at a time. You know, dude. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm uh, a, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really down. To, I'm really down to make that happen. We'll, uh, we'll organize it after the, um, Okay. After we're done with the call, I, I just want to. So, go ahead. What's this one? What what problem bottleneck are you spending the most time thinking about or trying to improve the most at this stage in your agency? People, 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 people. 
people that exist now and people that don't exist yet. What does that look like? Because every one person that we add, we're adding a, a, multi, a, a factor of level of complexity. So where they, um, where they would, how they would fit in and how they make things more complex or less complex. And then also we have this thing called operational readiness, which is like, if you join our strategist department as a freshie, how long does it take before you're operationally ready? I want to know the time and I want to know, um, I want to know the, the time and then put a time cost to that. And also yeah. how many exercises can you do so that we can get you up to speed as quickly as possible and right. feel confident and safe by the time you're up and running. Uh, right. But I want, we want, we want to have that for every single role, which we call seats within our company. Yeah. Uh, that way, that, that's the only way we come, we, we can become a well-oiled machine. And that's the only way that us as like, you know, Scott and I, for example, as a, uh, as co-founders of the company are able to then not be stuck operationally because that's mm -hmm. that sucks balls uh, yeah i'm not as big as you yet i haven't hit those hurdles i fear yeah, getting sweet. big. and that's the thing too there's nothing wrong with not being uh, that's the part that i've learned too there's absolutely nothing wrong with being big everyone wants to talk about scaling their agency everyone wants to talk about scaling their e-com brands there are a lot of upsides to not having a big company because tell you what fucking payroll it's not fun knowing that there are 30 something people that if you fuck up or if you fall sick for like a month, the lives get impacted, man. And I, I know that I, I appreciate the gravity of that. So I, we, you know, we don't take that stuff lightly. No, me either. I'm yeah. You have other families that you're, you know, are depending on you. And you know, when you look at it, a lot of, a lot of business people don't look at it that way. Yes, sir. But, um, yeah. It's uh I, I feel you for sure. Oh yeah. Let's do one or two more questions. Yes, sir. I know it's late there. So what percentage of top line revenue is your cost of people, contractors and employees? I like that question actually. Yeah. So uh, we always, what we're trying to do is, so if you read the book, uh, this is a book that I highly recommend for anyone that's trying to scale their operations. Um, to any, you know, past 15 people, 12 to 15 people, uh, and larger than that. Um, there's this book called Scaling Up, which is, they call it like Mastering the Rockefeller Habits version 2.0. Uh, the author is Vern Harnish. And um, he he's saying that if you want to have a company that excels, you want to aspire towards being one of the highest profit companies that's the mm -hmm. only way you can have that buffer. So we're we're always aiming towards that uh, 30, 35, 40% margin. So and, and with an agency, human capital is your, your cost of cost of goods, right? Cost of doing business. Yeah. So always trying to push for that because then that way we can have what we we there's so many other factors that we can we can start to alleviate, like having money in the bank for a rainy day like having capital to deploy uh, if we ever need to ramp things up, like being able to weather the storm if we need to hire three, four, five people at a really big, fast sprint. Uh, and then also one of our core values uh, at our company is is Deliver Wow, which we stole from Zappos. So we can then afford to figure out ways, tools, whatever else it might be to Deliver Wow. Mm -hmm. It's a really, really big one. So yeah, that definitely that 30 um, from a, from a, 
margin standpoint, 35, 40%. So just, you know, Jamie Harmon, just reverse engineer that number. If you can kind of see where we're at in terms of not only people, people tools uh, and all the other like travel, all that other stuff gets kind of lumped in there too. I like this question because I, I'm so charging clients. So this will be the last one to you guys charging clients in different models. How, how are you guys set up? Like what is your minimums and how are you charging? Is it just a, like for me, it depends totally on the client. Um, and that's something I'm really, my, myself, I'm really, really bad at. So talk to us a little bit about your pricing structure, your models, your minimums, that kind of stuff. For sure. So it's always flat. It's always flat um, and a percentage of revenue driven by whatever we generate, right? So what that percentage looks like um, usually shakes out, you know, we that, that becomes a conversation with the client. We, we kind of have like a, floating 10%, 7.5% benchmark uh, gross. We can't do net, right? So, so and, and it's top line revenue as well. So we're looking at 10%, 7.5% of top line of literally revenue, not profit, because uh, cost of goods can be optimized only by them. If they, get a, if they negotiate a better supplier deal, they get to bring down their cost yeah. of goods. But mm-hmm. that's, again, not on us. Uh, and also at the same time, net, that's even harder because cost of operations, again, it's so far from us being able to impact that, that it's really difficult. So we work together with the client then during that onboarding phase, even pre-signing to be able to determine how do the numbers shake out so that it works for us, or it works for them. That's cause That's what partnerships are about, right? Most, If you want to go in as a vendor, what ends up happening is you go, okay, this is what the price is, sign the deal, off you go. Whereas, like yeah. you know this, if you want to go in as a partner, so much of the, the, the conversation is front-loaded so that you, we can be aligned on the same page and everyone is has a deal that works out for everyone um, in the deal. Yeah. That's the best way to do it. Uh, you take 10% of the bottom, bottom of funnel, like dynamic remarketing, and they give you 10% of that too? Uh, we look at 10% of like attributed revenues. So, for example, if you're running your Facebook ads, we'll look yep. at the ad account and look at the, the uh, purchase conversion value there. And then, yep. you know, f- we factor in, we just do it rolling month on month because, you know, there wow. are so many other things. And trying to get people to understand 28-day attribution window already is hard enough sometimes. So we want to keep it as simple as possible um, yeah. instead of trying to slice and dice too much. Uh, I'm in a debate with a client right now, actually, and it's two and a half percent revenue bonus structure, two and a half percent. Right. And he's bitching because of branded revenue on like Google and like, you know, brand bidding revenue. Like we pay ourselves on that, but it's two and a half percent. And he's like, literally said, I'm not paying you for the last three months. Like just it's mind boggling to me. It's like, do you not understand what linear attribution is? Do you not understand multi-touch point? And they, and, and they probably don't. They don't. They but they told me I'm ripping them off. He's like, "You're ripping me off." It's like, don't even. Get, yeah, <laughs> don't even get we we get a, and that that's why I love my client partnerships team. What we built, right? We get a whiff of that on the front end. Yeah. We're just like, listen, we're we're not we're not the right fit for you. We're we're not gonna, you know, like we're not gonna be the best team to be able to to get you what you want to the point where you're not feeling like you're ripped off, you're not happy or whatever. Because the thing is, you know, go back and read Jeff Bezos's like 19, I forget if it's 1998 or 1997 open letter to shareholders, right? And the headline is always wake up afraid, terrified of your customers. 
right? And then he, you, if you if you read into the letter, you'll you'll see what he's talking about. Uh, and it really just comes down to the fact that customers will will always want more for less faster. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It never it never goes the other way. It's not like next year going to be like you know what I want to pay you more, and I want you to work less and go on more vacations, my man. It's like fuck, that's never going to happen. They're only going to want more, cheaper. I found another freelancer. My God, I was. Right, I'm just like that's the nature of the game with going into agency world, which is why so many agency owners um, want to fuck with the brand side. The ones that don't want to fuck with the brand side, but then uh, you know they get there and then other headaches, and they're going to be we're going to be bitching about something else. So that's that, 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 there's always something to yeah, that's, there's always something to contend with, right? But yeah, if you can lean into that grind, it's a fun place to be. Yeah, well, my man, hang on the line, but I appreciate your time. Let's set up. Uh... So no, I appreciate you really bi-weekly and for everyone. Uh, and I, I gotta be completely frank. It's, it's good to be back, man. I'm really, I'm really happy and really uh, appreciative that they managed to pull me back into the land of the living. Is this like a Michael Jordan comeback from baseball to basketball for a year? Or is this like an official comeback? comeback? I think I, I, I'm hoping to be able to, to make this uh, an official comeback, comeback. Unfortunately, only on the only because, only because, like four hours ago, I I, I received some uh, I received some uh, some news that I might have to fly over to France for a family emergency, like literally wow. tomorrow. So wow. I'm knocking on wood and you know like doing all that, but I could I could be in transit for a while, but uh, so I don't you know I never want to make promises I can't keep, but I, I man, this has been fun as fuck. Like I coming back, it, this yeah, my, this really is my best it. one I think. I, we never talked about nuts balls. Ass, ass, and the fact that the Facebook algorithm is an ass, man, like shit, like that, man. Yeah, this you, is a good one. You heard it here first. Yeah. Well, all right, buddy. I will talk to you when I end this broadcast. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Appreciate everyone watching too. Thank you, everyone.